0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, I am. What's Can you up? hear me all right? Yep, you're good. That's a good line you got there. So we're on a recorded line. We'll start in a minute, but I wanted to just chat with you for a minute. Some key points you want to talk about. I always like to get, you know, the Cairo's like origin story, how they became a Cairo and all that kind of jazz and then uh what else do you want to talk about today?
1: Uh totally up to you. I mean, I I have the gift to gab, so I can
0: talk about anything. <laughs> okay, I'm sure we can just roll through that then. It usually works pretty well. I don't like having things too forced tends to work pretty well when we just No, uh, I'm, I'm with uh, you. Kind of, yeah, cool. <clears throat> All right, you about ready? Yep. Let me uh let me get on here. Black Sheep DC. I gotta ask you about that name, that's for sure. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Okay, everybody, thank you for tuning in for this episode of the podcast. We have a very special guest today. We have the Black Sheep Chiropractor. Dr. Jerry Kennedy's on with us today. So Dr. Kennedy, tell us how we're doing today and thanks for joining us.
1: I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me and uh I'm doing great. Doing better than I was yesterday. So
0: oh, nice. So uh tell us I always like to get when I have chiropractors on here, kind of their origin story, how they get into the chiropractor field. So kind of tell our listeners how you became a chiropractor.
1: I was my mom had always gone to a chiropractor, I mean really as long as I can remember. And uh, I always thought it was kind of like a creepy place, you know? And uh, and I didn't have really any interest at all. Um, but when I was a senior in high school, I got injured. I used to play basketball and um, got interested in physical therapy. And that's originally what I went to school for. And, uh, and then when I was a freshman in college, I started having headaches real bad. And uh just kind of went through everything I knew to do and tried to get a bunch of help and no one was helping and my mom was telling me like you should go to the chiropractor and and uh I reluctantly went and uh kind of the the long story short is he helped me out and uh I decided to, I, I decided to be a chiropractor instead of a physical therapist. So I kinda of made a, a small shift in uh profession. Nice.
0: And then uh where did you go to chiropractor school, Doc? I went to Logan. Okay, nice. And did you have a good time there? You lived a good school, happy with it? Uh,
1: yeah, it was fine. Um, I, I've always lived in the St. Louis area. And so uh, my decision for a chiropractic school was more of a fiscal decision than anything else. It was like I could live at home, I could save myself some money and um, commute. And so I really didn't look around a lot for chiropractic colleges. I just. I thought, you know, if I can get out of school, which turned out to be a smarter thought than, you know, in hindsight, it was a smarter decision than I realized at the time. But, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, if I can get out of school with less money over my head, I think that'd probably be better. So I just, I just went that route.
0: Yeah, it's funny, you know, I, people always say, put so much into which school you picked into. I went to New York, but the only reason I went there when, you know, when I was in the, picking out colleges, there was that three-year bachelor program, the three-year plus or whatever, the pre-professional thing, where they let you get your bachelor's in three, and then you go right into grad school. And the only one on the East, I grew up in New Jersey, the other one on the East Coast was University of Hartford, and those kids automatically, after three years, you basically got fast-tracked into NYCC. So I was like 17 years old, and I just signed up for like the next seven years of my life. Like, i uh, seven eight years li- without thinking much about it, but gave me a year of school, so I was happy with it for sure and tell us a little bit about yeah i uh, got, got out of school go ahead,
1: no, no, I was gonna say
0: about that like
1: I got into a a little bit I don't get into Facebook arguments very much i I think kind of pointless, but the uh i I had a guy that kind of got into an argument with me not too long ago about that very subject because we were talking about school, and he was basically like you know the, the discussion was um it was in a group and they were talking about um the uh uh, this this particular doctor had a student that was looking to be go to chiropractic college decide between two schools and the chiropractor's like you know should i be influencing them should i just let them make their own decision kind of asking you know opinion of the group and my response was you know which one's cheapest (laughs) you know and um and i don't mean that in the sense that it doesn't it ultimately doesn't matter at all but it's like you know, if you're kind of looking at the different things and one of them's closer or, or even cost of living that i mean I think that should be taken into consideration because if you can leave school and you you have you know it could be twenty thirty forty thousand dollars less in debt because of where you decided to go based on where you live or what your living situation is, that can make a huge difference and I don't personally think that schools um like which school is on your degree has a whole lot to do with success, so you know. If money is oxygen, which it is, like once you get out of school, like why not put yourself in the best position by saving yourself some money versus like having to have a particular name on your um, diploma? And somebody had argued with me, and and I, I, he was trying to make an argument about this You know, you went to the wrong school and blah blah blah. And I finally just called him out and I'm like, all right, you either you work for a school
0: or you're just have no idea what you're talking about. And he worked for a school. So. <laughs> You know what, I'm glad you stopped me there because I actually like to expand on that. I thought I was the only person that felt the way you just felt because I've had the same thing because I think New York is more medical and all that. But that was, you know, it was five hours away. Upstate New York, you got an apartment for $200 a month. It was really inexpensive. And like I said, I got that fast track. So I didn't think anything about philosophy or any reason. It was just, yeah, it was, it was easier, less expensive. I could drive home on the weekends. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, and some of the most principled tyros I know are New York grads, and, and, and you know, some of the most mixer, whatever, come from life. And you're right. So just the school—it you know, it really doesn't matter. Age, to get your boards. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you. you know, I feel the same I did. way. You know, that for me, it was the only consideration was how close and how much and all that other stuff. The, the school prepares, and what I think a lot of chiropractors don't really understand
1: is because a lot of the chiropractors have an angst against the school, and. The school prepares you to take boards and prepares you to get a license. They don't prepare you for practice. And that's a different, there, there's a difference there. Like, and, and, and I'm not, I, I, the, the thing that is going to determine whether a chiropractor is successful or not successful has more to do with business and marketing uh, and, and your ability to run a business and a practice than it has to do with your clinical competence. Now that does not at all under any circumstances justify being clinically incompetent. You know, there are chiropractors, but I know chiropractors and I'm sure you do as well, that have very very busy like you know successful practices that they're not very good chiropractors and it's because they're good at the things that's going to allow them to be successful as a chiropractor and they're minimizing the things that allow them to be the most beneficial and helpful to their patients but those are not the same thing and even the best schools i would say adequately you know, kind of moderately adequately prepare you for even the clinical side of things like, yeah, maybe you have a leg up, but there's so much you're going to learn once you get into practice. There's so much you're going to learn from from post-grad seminars and from these different niche things we like to do as chiropractors. There's so many different things that you can, like so much you're going to learn and so much clinically is going to develop after school. I just don't think it really matters that much. And it it surely doesn't matter to the extent of putting yourself financially behind the eight ball more so than what you have to already.
0: Well, I knew would you'd be a good guest. I mean, you're we're on the same page here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hear patients, you know, chiropractors say that, and, and that's what I always say. You know, their their job to get your degree and pass the board exams. It's not their job to teach you how to run a practice. I mean, medical school doesn't teach medical docs how to run a practice, or you know, it's their job to get their boards and get their license, and and then it's your job to learn the business. And and absolutely, and there's a lot of resource out there for The, the biggest, great, the biggest part. difference. Is, yeah, the and the biggest
1: difference, and and this is the unfortunate thing about chiropractic. Chiropractic does not have the infrastructure that provides good jobs for chiropractors out of school like that doesn't exist like if you're a nurse practitioner you can get a job somewhere make a good living and you don't have to know business and marketing you can be a dentist and do that you can be a physical therapist and do that chiropractic doesn't have the infrastructure we don't have the the big businesses and the the infrastructure to have good jobs to chiropractors i mean there are exceptions to that rule but most chiropractic jobs that are available to people right out of school are the type of job that you're going to make more money being the manager at the gas station down the road than you are at that at that job. So you you have to get to the point where you own your own business and, and you're competent at owning your own business to have the potential to make the kind of living you should be making as a chiropractor. And, and that's not that way with most professions. Like, and, and the schools don't really acknowledge that that's the fail point. And I don't even know that it's their job to acknowledge it, but it definitely is, is kind of leading people into a a a difficult situation to be successful
0: boy i'm telling you we're like kindred spirits i just wrote my article for chiropractic economics last month and it was literally it's called the safety net it was just about that it was you know the medical docs have this safety system and and we don't and yeah i don't think it's the school's issue either and now we're seeing you know we do some marketing to medical offices uh, and you know going out doing lunches and they're all you know getting bought out by hospitals and they're kind of an employee system but like you said there's no fail safe for that but i think it's a good thing and the people yeah, at least in our clinic, you know, we're a big facility and people are always surprised that this 6,000 square foot office, independently owned, and there's not a hospital in here and these rules and regulations. So there's, there's definitely some benefits to it as well. But you're right, there's there's not that safety net for us chiropractors out there for sure. So tell us a little bit about getting out of school. Did you start a practice right away? What did you do when you got out of school, Dr. Kennedy?
1: I did. I started my practice. Um, I never worked for anybody else. Um, I, I started my own practice a few months after I, I graduated um was in practice for nine years and then and then uh decided to kind of pull the plug and and move on to other things but that was I kind of did my own thing for a while and then and then shut it down so started it on my terms and closed it on my terms (laughs) nice
0: tell us a little bit about you know we talk a lot about uh you know opening up practices on here and stuff tell us a little bit more about what was like shutting down a practice that's got to be challenging I've I've opened and I've helped people open but I've never closed down a practice so I'd love to hear more about that yeah you know it, it was actually a um
1: for me i practice was um it was a weird thing because i i got into chiropractic for like the clinical side of things but once i was actually a chiropractor i really found myself in love with the business and marketing side of things oh, to the extent that i actually think that if i had been exposed to business and marketing before being a chiropractor i don't think i ever would have been a chiropractor and, it's and that's to- not that's not and that's not anything against chiropractic that just happened like the way that my interest and what excites me and things like that like i actually enjoy owning and operating um and the functional part of a chiropractic clinic more so than actually seeing patients and so i didn't know that i mean how would you know that i mean i was like you like i was you know i, I was 24 years old when i graduated chiropractic college like i was you know i didn't know anything at that point point. and so When I got into it, I I started really falling in love with the business and marketing. And uh, within a few years of being in practice, like I really, I kind of had this moment of like, wow, this isn't going to be it for me. Like I knew I was going to move on from practice at some point. And that wasn't what I had in my head when I graduated. I kind of thought, oh, I'll practice for however many years. I'll pass it down to one of my kids, (laughs) you know, like that (laughs) type of thing. Like I had my life planned out, you know, if you want to make God laugh, show him your plans, like it's that kind of situation. And and I, <laughs> I just, I was like, wow, that's really crazy. And so uh, the only two people I had that discussion with, there's two people that knew that I really wanted to get out of practice. One was my office manager. I was blessed with an office manager. Of the nine years I was in practice, she was with me for eight and a half. And so um, she was old enough to be my mom, like I've had probably, I- I've had such Incredible conversations with her and she was such a such an asset to me and she was somebody that I was very candid with about how I felt about everything and the other only other person was my ex-wife and My ex-wife like she we went through the pain of starting a practice Which is very difficult anyone that tells you otherwise is probably selling you something or they have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about. Yep, <laughs> and And so we went through the process of growing a practice, getting to the point where we were starting to put money back into the, you know, in the right direction. You, we weren't, we weren't going further into debt. We were, we were heading in the right direction. And when I said to her, like, I want to get out of practice at some point, the idea of starting over was like, you got to be kidding me, you know what I mean? And she was so against that um, that I just kind of pocketed that feeling of like, well, I guess I'll just stay the course and. Maybe someday when I get out of debt and we got some extra money sitting around and, you know, whatever, like someday, you know, whenever that is, I will make, you know, look into doing something else. Well, you know, life doesn't always go the way you think it's going to. And about eight years into practice, um, I started, we started having a lot of problems and we were going through a divorce. And um, when my ex-wife said she wanted to leave and she was gone, like, I didn't really have a reason not to make that transition like the only reason I wasn't going to go through the pain of change, meaning closing the office and trying to start something new and all the pain that goes along with starting something new was because she was with me. And if she's not going to be with me, like, screw it. I'll, you know, it's my life. I got to go through the rest of it. I don't want to do a job I don't really want to do. And so I decided at that point that I was going to close up shop and do something different. And I didn't really know what that was exactly, but um, went about a year, um, a kind of, in that process tried to sell the practice i ended up just closing it down i didn't sell it um i just kind of drew a line in the sand and i said if i don't you know if i don't have a buyer by this point in time i'm just going to shut it down and take the financial dump that comes along with that and um and so i waited until about a month before i closed up and then i let i let uh, my patients know like they i didn't want to cut the legs out from under myself <laughs> you know <laughs> like yeah.
0: early to pay so I let them know months too right yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah you got to pay your bills so it's like it doesn't make any <laughs> sense to let people know six months ahead of time you're closing up shop like that's a that's not smart no. And so about a month out I let them know and uh, that last month I tell you was really emotional because um, I'd wanted to leave like I was also mentally and emotionally just going through a lot because I was going through my divorce and and I was just really burned out and um and so uh, that last month when patients found out that I was leaving it was really emotional because as chiropractors, like you help people, but then you move on to the next person. I mean, even if someone sticks around for maintenance or wellness or they're a long-term patient for whatever reason, like the, the major issue, the major crisis, the major problem is usually gone. And you just kind of forget sometimes how much you help people and you just kind of move on to the next problem. And that last month, people were coming in and everybody was stopping and telling me, like their story, you know, like thank you for this and thank you for that, and thing. And it was just, it was like really emotional, because like you don't get that every day as a chiropractor. You just get bogged down with like what's next. And that last month of like I'm not taking anybody new, you know. We anybody that called the office, we said look, we're not we're not taking any new patients. Um, you know, we just we're kind of writing out what we had, and it was just people that had been with me for a long time, and I had pretty pretty decent retention, so I had a lot of patients that had been with me for a long time telling me how much they appreciated me and that last day I closed down the practice. Um, the very last day I was in the office, the second patient I ever had came in that day and, oh, wow, that's uh, great. He, he, and he has an incredible story. He was all, he was disabled. Like he didn't have his license. He wasn't working. Like he was, he's got an incredible story. And, uh, he, he was there and it was just, and, and that last day we kind of closed up shop. And I thought like, I'm going to be relieved, you know, like, it's like, Oh, like, good. I can, you know, I've been wanting to get out of this for a long time. And, um, that last day I, my, everybody left and my staff was the only person that was still on staff was my office manager. And she closed up, got finished up her stuff and she left. And, um, I said, I'm just going to stay. And, and I just kind of sat in the waiting room and it's hard for me to talk about cause I get teared up. Like I just sat there and cried <laughs> and it's like, I'm, because you pour your soul into it. Like it's anyone, oh, yeah. that, like I said, I, it's just something that you don't understand as a student how difficult it is to start a practice and you don't understand the pain you're going to go through and you don't understand the emotional ups and downs, even when it goes well. Like, it's just, you just pour your heart into it. And 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 to have that and then, like, even if it's something you want to walk away from, um, to just be kind of broken by that moment and just be like, you know, I just poured my heart into something and now I'm shutting it down and moving on. Like, it was just really emotional. And I sat there for it was an hour, hour and a half, like, and I just, I, it was, it was tough. Like it was, it was harder than I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah. Well, I really, really appreciate that share. I've noticed here we're at like a hundred something episodes here I've done. And we always talk about building a practice and growing the practice. Like nobody in chiropractic ever really talks about exiting the practice. I actually recruited a, somebody with a successful practice sold and and I'm having an interview and I want to kind of have these conversations because we don't tend to talk about it for whatever reason in chiropractic. So I really appreciate you open up and sharing and, yeah, someone's been practicing fourteen, fifteen years, you know, it's something you think about one day, do you want to sell? Or I just had some investment bank call and see if it'd be interested to sell the other day. But like, yeah, what's life like when you when you do that? So it's uh I really appreciate you open up on there. I'm sure a lot of people found that helpful. And I don't know why people don't talk about it as much in Do You have any thoughts on that? You Doug? know, I think I think the biggest thing that the biggest thing that I struggled with that I didn't
1: realize was I was going to struggle with is a sense of abandonment. Like like they were my people. You know, it's like they were my people, and yeah. I feel like they were my responsibility. And and uh, for whatever reason, in my head, I just thought like the world that like like I thought I was more important than I was. And I, that's not to downplay your role as a chiropractor, but there are other competent chiropractors in the world. You know what I mean? Like there's other. Like if you, if you as a chiropractor, when it kind of gets to that point, if you're thinking about transitioning or you're thinking about maybe pulling out of a a treatment position and moving into administrative or opening up clinic, whatever that happens to be, when you're going from like putting your hands on people and and this probably applies to any part of marketing and business growth is that if you think in your head, like that, there's somebody out there that can't do a better job or equal job as you do, you're, you're, you're thinking a little too much of yourself. And, the world will go on, you know, people will be okay. And, and it, it, there's, there's no point in, in one, not doing something because you're, you're afraid of abandoning man or whatever that happens to be. And it's also the the other side of it is it's not, um, it doesn't make any sense to carry that guilt around with you because I did for a while. Like I felt really guilty about not uh, taking care of my people. Like I felt like I'd left them. And and so it took me a took me a while to kind of get to the point
0: where I was like, you know what, they're they're okay, like they're they're, <laughs> they're living. Uh, that's a great share. I mean, I even deal with that. You know, I, I still am in the practice every day and I do this stuff as well. But I don't really take any new clients anymore. My associates do, and I just you know kind of some of these regulars. Maybe fourteen years, and they'll all see my associates when I'm not coaching or speaking. But it's the same thing. You feel guilty, and you know, some days I'm like, I should just stop treating and run the place and do the coaching full time. And it's kind of hard to give up that, getting your hands on people. And it's not as many as I used to, and I let those guys take most of the clients. But it's still, I, I kind of struggle with that, too. It kind of goes through my head all the time. Should I stop treating? Should I keep it? And kind of still, still keeping some of my regulars all these years because I still feel attached to them. So I get where you're coming from.
1: So tell no, us, Dr., after that
0: transition, shutting down the practice. Yeah, that was a great share. I hope everybody appreciates that because not a lot of docs open up. And you know, we're all going to get to the point where, where you're out of practice one way or the other at some point. So it's important to talk about it. I know I think about it, you know, yeah. I'm years off, but it's still, it's something that you got to think, gotta think about what's, what you're going to do at that point. So tell us a little bit yeah. about, it. so you shut down the practice and then, then what? I mean, that's, that's a big change. What happened then after that?
1: I had decided, um, at kind of leading up to closing my practice. Um, I, I've been getting, I had done a lot of internet marketing stuff to grow my practice. Like the, I was doing, you know, videos and SEO stuff and website things and Facebook ads and I'm kind of doing all this stuff before, just just to kind of grow my practice. This is back. It, it's funny now because it's it's like I was I was one of a handful of people that were doing that back then, and now it's like it's popular. You know, like everybody's doing it. And it was not doing it. now, Yeah. So yeah, well, you yeah, 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 I to mean, shut down like, the
0: clinic just for a, for a timeline. The, what the year office, about, what I closed that?
1: it down in two thousand thirteen. Um, I started okay. doing. Um, I started doing like Facebook ads, um, and I started kind of messing around with that world in like two thousand eight, two thousand seven um i still have like old i still have i still have some really crappy ads in my ad manager from like mm. 2007 2008 like that that kind of realm and uh you know back when i first started my practice it's like people were doing inserts in the paper or people were doing newspaper stuff like oh, nobody yeah. was doing anything online and and so when i we i started kind of seeing some of the stuff that was happening online and i just thought man what a great opportunity and I couldn't find anybody that was like on, as excited about it as I was. And, and so I really dug through a lot of stuff, like internet marketing stuff, trying to figure out how to do this stuff and really did fall in love with the internet marketing stuff. And So when I ended up closing my practice, I, I had decided that I was going to get into um, creating like information products, um, like affiliate marketing stuff. I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't planning on doing anything in chiropractic and uh there's there's a physical therapist that did something similar. I know a guy that works with him. He has a very very successful online business and um he i, I kind of used his business as a as a framework model for what I was gonna to try to do and um kind of messed around with that for a couple of years um kind of my running joke about that is it was varying degrees of failure <laughs> it, wasn't, it, it wasn't ever as good as what it should have been super frustrating for me because uh everything really was lined up to work very very well and there was one component that just i could not figure out how to get it fixed and uh it kind of hinged the whole thing kind of hinged on that and uh, so after a year or so kind of messing around with that i i started thinking about chiropractic a lot and And uh, I found myself getting into discussions with people about what's wrong with chiropractic, people that don't care. (laughs) And I said, you know what, maybe I should kind of throw my hat in in the realm. Like the the guy that I work with for the business and marketing stuff and the guy I, years ago, he told me I should have, he's like, you should, you should help young chiropractors and kind of help them learn how to run their business. And and I, at the time, like I said, when I was closing my practice, I was kind of burned out and I was like, "Ah, I'm going to do something else. And so it it took a couple of years i kind of found my my way kind of back into chiropractic and um i had negative experiences with chiropractic coaches and chiropractic practice management and stuff so i kind of didn't want to be that guy and so that was my one of my hesitations but a lot of that's a mental block just based on my own experience not really based on like i don't have to be that guy you know (laughs) so um i don't have to be someone that that promises people things that aren't true and you know Takes more than he gives, so it's it's like just because you're in the same realm doesn't mean you have to be that person. So kind of once I got over that mental block,
0: it's like all right, I'll I'll kind of throw my hat in the ring. <laughs> That's good. Tell us about yeah. What well, what's the name Black Sheep mean? First of all, we kind of know what that means, but how you came to that name Black Sheep chiropractor, and then you started podcast, is very oh. successful, and I and I and I think you've turned that private now too, which I've kind of like to hear the story on that. So tell us about Black yeah. Sheep and uh, and all that, and then transition into now. Yeah, I did. um, So
1: the 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 whole black sheep thing came from um, a conversation I had with a buddy of mine, like years before I ever did anything with it is we were talking about how young chiropractors are lambs to the slaughter, you know, kind of kind of what we had talked about before, where they're just set up to to basically be most of them are set up for failure. And I said I made made the comment, you know, chiropractic needs more black sheep, like more. People, more sheep that are going to stand on their own feet, kind of think for themselves, you know, and, and not be kind of led to the slaughter. And and so the joke then, because I'd had friends tell me, oh, you should you should help chiropractors. My joke was, okay, if I ever do that, I'll I'll do it as Black Sheep DC. And <laughs> and Black Sheep DC, Black Sheep DC is really not about me. Like it's I've had people that have said that over the years, like they've kind of made the comment about the like it's like a self moniker or something. Black Sheep DC is really about the community. It's really about uh any chiropractor that that kind of is a free thinker, that is committed to excellence, is just kind of willing to kind of stand on their own two feet and not get caught up in the 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 mindless flow that happens in chiropractic. Like I, I consider that person a black sheep DC. So my intention with black sheep, my big intention, which is 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 kind of yet to really come to the point where I would like it to, is my my big intention is to create a community Um, of kind of like-minded chiropractors. So it's it's definitely not about me, uh, even though a lot of people think that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I started doing, the very first thing I started doing with Black Sheep is I started creating a a patient newsletter, like a print newsletter, which is kind of old school and not really my forte. It's not something I was naturally attracted to, but um, I kind of developed a way of doing that in my practice that worked really well. And so I thought, well, the biggest pain in the butt about doing a print newsletter is writing the print newsletter. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty decent at writing and so I thought, well, I'll just I'll write a newsletter. So I started doing that. And um I, I some of the docs that I was working with when I was doing that, I felt like they just really didn't understand the concept of being people centered, being relationship centered. They just didn't understand that. And when you take something like a print newsletter that's very relational and you put it in an environment that it's that is not very relational it doesn 't work, and so i I found myself creating these trainings to to help my people that were doing the newsletter, like how to help them better understand how to run their business, better understand how to communicate with their patients, and that kind of evolved into what's now known as the academy, um which is just a place where you know docs pay it's eighty nine dollars a month and they they pay and they get everything from basic business training to Better communication with your patients, online marketing, website stuff, referral stuff. It's just, it's just a, there's hundreds of videos that are on there at this point. And, uh, it's just a, just a smorgasbord of, of information that's chiropractic centered. And it's all coming from the standpoint of being people centered, relationship centered. There's no like hard selling. There's no, you know, sales scripts type stuff. It's, it's really just about understanding people. And so that was kind of the first thing that really, first evolution of black sheep. Um, I started doing the podcast. Um, I started doing a, uh, I have a, uh, a program that patient, uh, docs can start getting more online reviews. Then I recently started doing some one-on-one coaching, really small number of docs. Um, I don't want to spend my whole life coaching. It's it's one of those things that I enjoy doing with a small group of people, uh, but I have a pretty, pretty short cap on that one i don't i don't want <laughs> to do that full time and it's not nothing against coaching it's just it takes a lot of energy and, yeah it's um, hard
0: work absolutely
1: it takes a lot I'm of energy the same way i'm, and I'm very also, selective
0: just a couple people it's uh, yeah it's hard go ahead
1: i i'm kind of at the point where i'm looking at it and i'm saying you know i got about five i got about five to six hours a week that i will commit to coaching and that's about it like i just don't i don't really have any interest in doing more than that. It, it takes a lot of energy. It also, I love flexibility and it ruins my flexibility because I have an appointment. Yeah. I don't
0: like appointments. <laughs>
1: yeah. Good point. Good
0: point. So, yeah. So it tells us a little so more that, about the podcast. It seems like you had a really popular podcast going on there. At least from what I can tell I know iTunes is always tough to really see what's going on. But it seems like you had a popular podcast and you just decided to shut it down. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, the podcast, um my intention with the podcast long-term was always to generate income from the podcast. Um I don't, I've done podcasting before for the, the one I have now. Um, I, you know, I, I was kind of trying to figure out, because I originally did radio, like I did radio years ago, like back in 2008, 2009, like I, I think it was 2008. I got a chance to be on the radio here in the St. Louis area um, and have like a health-related show. And that was like, that was when I got bit, you know, by like the, being on a mic and i really really enjoyed it and, and i started doing podcasting in like 2012 2013 something like that and then uh my my long-term thought was like i i you, know, you spend time you spend energy with it i would like it to get to the point where it's generating income not not so much for me but like my vision for it is like when i did the radio show i had a producer i had a co-host the dynamic of it to me was so good because people were in the room. And when you're doing podcasting by yourself, there's no producer, there's nobody that's in the room live with you. You're on the phone, you're on Skype. There's something that's lost in that. And so my kind of in my head was like, I would like to eventually get to the point where I'm having conversations with people in person, which means the podcast has to be generating income to be able to do that. Like I don't, I'm not going to dump money in it for no reason. And so you know I started looking into like things like sponsorships and, and and advertisers and and I just none of this stuff really fit well with what I wanted to do and so I decided to kind of go over to a subscription model. Um I don't have near as many downloads or listeners obviously now as a premium, you know, as a premium podcast as a subscription as I did before and the podcast still is not generating the kind of income that would be necessary for me to be able to really expand it so it's kind of just stuck in this weird place of <laughs> I, I you know I have hard to change I, over yeah I'm regularly you know I always am updating new podcasts every week I do new podcasts um you know my subscribers really like it you know they pay for it um but it's you know it's it's somewhere in the fun money area right now and it's nowhere to the it's hmm. not to the point where it's it's um you know, it's not self sustaining any means or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's just and I have a lot of stuff like that. Like I have little things that are doing this, little that, and you know, enough little fun money things that start adding up. But um, you know, the podcast is one of those things that I just um I I just kinda got to the point where I said, Okay, I'm gonna make a switch and um you know, that's kind of the switch that I've made. I also wanted to focus more on doing videos, like I wanted to do more like um, you know, one, two-minute videos, and I knew if I was going to spend the time doing that, I was going to have to pull back on doing like two podcasts a week and blah, 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 and other stuff. So I kind of did the premium thing, dropped it down to once a week, and then started doing more of these little one, two-minute videos on YouTube.
0: Right, Yeah, you built quite a following and pretty impressive. I've seen you on Facebook. That's how you got in touch with you. You, got, you seem to be like the meme king as well. There's always You always got some funny memes going on on Facebook. That's kind of what draw my attention to you. I think you always <laughs> posting some... Funny stuff on there. That seems to be the way to get I like some, uh, to, traction going as well, right?
1: Yeah, I like to. Uh, I, I I like to poke fun at chiropractic. Um, like the, the chiropractic is like my. Uh, I, I I like to describe my relationship with chiropractic as like my weird older brother that I like to make fun of and point out the stupid things he does. <laughs> and so, yeah, there you go. Um, some people get offended. Um, you know, if if someone gets offended, they they don't know me. Um, because it's not yeah. I love chiropractic um, I think that a lot of the things that go on in chiropractic are 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 not well thought out and I think a lot of things that chiropractors do is they chiropractic has a basic misunderstanding of how people think and how they operate and if chiropractors continue to go about things the way that we always have we're never going to get the kind of impact that we want to have and so um, you know, I, I can kind of see some of that. Not that I have the answers to all of it. I don't. But uh, I think it's, I'm not the type of person to get into an argument. Um, I'm not the type of person to start a fight. I'm not the type of person to kind of war against people. Uh, but I am the type of person that has the gift of sarcasm. And, and I do like to kind of <laughs> take Pope Hey, If
0: you're not offending somebody every I, day, you're not doing a good job. You know, you've got to be offending somebody every day of the week. That's the way to do it, right?
1: I have a, I, I have a knack for it, so I uh, I thought well it's it's fun for me. And well, some uh, of them are more some of them are more brutal than others. Uh, some are kind of just fun, and some of them are like oh my gosh that's vicious, and I kind of let myself
0: laugh. Nice, Yeah, it's great stuff. So for our listeners want to check you out online, uh, the Black Sheep Cairo, I know it's uh, BlackSheepDC.com. What other ways do people get in touch with you, Doctor Kennedy? That
1: that's, that's really it. I mean BlackSheepDC.com. Um, there's if you scroll down to the bottom of the home page, there's a, um, you know, it kind of has a list of my free stuff. Um, I have an email newsletter. Uh, I do have free podcast episodes that are available. There's about 10 or 11 episodes that are free. People can listen to. They don't have to subscribe. Um, there's the YouTube channel, the Facebook page, Instagram. Like there's there's ways of staying in touch. I, I'm a I'm always pumping out content. Uh, so I have a lot of free content that's, that's available. And then, you know, if, if someone wants to, throw some money in my direction i have some paid content as well
0: (laughs) nice well thanks for being on dr kenny appreciate your opinion i really appreciate your open share of you know the practice because that's something that everyone wants to talk about i think it's really important for everybody young old middle so i really appreciate you sharing and being open with us today and uh we'll talk to you soon hey no problem thanks for having me thanks doc hey no problem